And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Coming to you today from an undisclosed location in Atlanta, Georgia. Hot Atlanta. Pretty hot down here. Uh, but having an opportunity to visit with my granddaughter, my daughter and her husband, and uh, having a wonderful time. A little delayed in getting here, but nevertheless, we got here. And I'll be here with you for the next couple of days, then back in my studio on Thursday. Uh, so, Folks, I have to tell you that, you know, I keep thinking somewhere in the back of my mind is this notion that when they've gone so far, they won't go any further. You know, you just kind of think, well, you, you really, you, you, you know, on one level that there's no limit to the absurdity, the, the, the depravity, the immorality, the hypocrisy. But on the other hand, there's, there's just a little part of, of each of us that thinks, yeah, but you, you can't go any further than this, can you? And then they do. And then they do. Uh, it, it, this is something that, that really troubles me because uh, I believe that our country is on the precipice. We we are courting a major disaster on one level or another. And I'm not talking about climate change, folks. I'm talking about internal political combustion. Because the left has gone so far, they are so far out there that they are they are, are really kind of crossing the point of no return and they will increasingly convince people were it not for voices like yours and mine and AFR and others that there's simply no hope for a peaceful solution with these people because they simply will never let up they will never let up they're going to keep pushing We've got a situation right now in my local area. Now, some of you may be listening on uh, the AFR app um, in the Virginia Beach, Norfolk area. Uh, we've got a school board meeting tonight in Virginia Beach, which is, of course, uh, I believe Virginia Beach is the largest city in Virginia population-wise, the largest single city in Virginia us, Virginia Beach. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Norfolk is number two and, and Chesapeake is number three. So the largest cities, now this doesn't include the big counties up in Northern Virginia. Those are considerably larger, but those are not cities. The cities are, are still fairly, the populations there are not that large, but the counties, Fairfax County, Loudoun County are very large. And so you got millions of people in Northern Virginia, which is one of the problems with elections. When you got a bunch of, of federal bureaucrats and leftists living in Northern Virginia, they tend to skew the election. But Virginia Beach has kind of been a, a sort of moderate to conservative town uh, with some liberal leanings. But they have just, the school board 
apparently has just decided that they're going to jump into this whole, and this is probably not the first time, but they're going to jump into this whole uh, transgender, gender confusion, LGBT stuff. They're going to jump into that now. And there's apparently going to be a very big school board meeting tonight. Some of my own friends are going to be there. Some of my church members, in fact, may be there. Um, and some people I know are going to be speaking tonight to this issue. It, it just, it never ceases to amaze me that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the blowback, they keep pushing ahead. And see, this was so disturbing. There's no sense of, of internal restraint. You know what I mean? No sense of internal restraint. I mean, most of us, if we, if we start on a path that gets a lot of resistance, we stop and kind of reevaluate, well, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right thing? I mean, depending on who's objecting, I don't know. This, maybe, maybe I need to rethink how I'm doing this or rethink my approach to it or rethink the whole thing. I mean, most human beings, it's not that we're, af we, we're afraid of the opinions of others, but it's just that when we see overwhelming opposition uh, on a path that we've set, we at least stop and try to evaluate that and try to figure out, okay, let me just make sure, given all the trouble I'm causing, that that I, I really believe this is right. Or maybe I need to moderate. Maybe I need to adjust. Maybe, maybe there's some things I could do better. Right? I mean, that's what normal human beings do. Not the left. Not the left. The more you scream, leave our children alone, the more they scream, they're not your children. Now, now how do you resolve that? How do you resolve a president of the United States saying there's no such thing as somebody else's kids? I mean, you're telling the whole federal government, the entire teacher union bureaucracy, that those children belong to you. They don't belong to their parents. They belong to you. Or to me, in his case. And we're going to do with them what we, whatever we think we should and going to take them wherever we think they should go. And I said yesterday, uh, the governor of New Jersey is suing school boards that have taken the modest, common-sense approach of saying if a child demonstrates some indication of gender, uh, gender dysphoria, uh, it, it becomes confused about his or her sex or identity, those parents must be notified. Common sense, right? Just basic stuff. Yeah, the parents should be notified. Parents should know what's going on with their child. This is a serious matter. I mean, if, if this in, can indeed lead to depression, suicide, all kinds of problems, certainly we ought to, we ought to have parents involved. And, and, and oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to have parents involved, says the governor. Parents, this is just like Terry McAuliffe, as I said. Parents have nothing to say about this. So pray for us uh, here in our area. Uh, well, there, I'm not there right now, but you know what I mean. Pray for us 
in the Southeast Virginia area because it's on for tonight. And, uh, and I, I, I have a feeling that it is not going to be pretty. Because here again, how do you reconcile between people who say, we are going to do with your children whatever we want, and parents who say, oh, no, you will not. You will not do anything with my child without my approval, without my involvement, without my permission. Uh, you see, folks, there's no, there's no middle ground there. At least for the parent who says, that's my child, and you're not going to do with my child whatever you want to do. There's no middle ground. Well, okay, I'll let you do this, that, and the other with my child. That, you know, that's fine. You can sexualize him a little bit. But we'll draw the line here, okay? No. No, you, you can't do anything with my child without my permission with regard to, to the sexuality of my child. Nothing. So, folks, we, we need to pray and we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. You know, nearly half the state legislatures have passed laws requiring only females can participate in girls' and women's sports. Some of the laws are being challenged in court, along with court challenges in states that allow biological males to compete with biological females. Gregory Brown is an exercise physiologist who documents the biological differences between men and women in sports. Many biological factors influence human performance, but one of the most important factors that influences adaptations to training and performance in sports is sex, because sex influences every system and every cell in our body. Now, a fair comparison between male and female differences in anatomy and physiology give males athletic advantages when compared to gifted and trained females of the same age. It also is true that puberty magnifies those sex-based differences. He lists those increased percentages in an article, and they are significant. He also addresses the argument that hormone therapy decreases the biological advantages. For example, men have 30 to 60% higher muscle strength than women. Even after undergoing testosterone suppression, the decrease in strength is less than 9%. Sure, some women are taller than some men, some women can run faster than some men, but the tallest women are shorter than the tallest men, the fastest men are faster than the fastest women. A blood test or a genetic test cannot determine a transgender identity. Biological sex is still present, and it is logical to assume that the inherent male athletic advantages are still present. This is the science that lawmakers, judges, coaches, and parents must accept. There are clear differences between men and women when competing in sports. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free booklet on a biblical view on big data, go to viewpoints.info slash data. That's viewpoints.info slash data. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care, no doubt, this is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly healthcare costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with healthcare costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. 
MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We're back. And what's happening is the parents have pushed back in Virginia Beach and demanded that Virginia Beach model policy on this issue require parental permission to deal with any of these issues uh, with regard to people's children. And of course, the whole sexual perversion movement, SPCG movement, is saying that should not be necessary, just like the governor of New Jersey, because after all, that's gonna get children killed. Again, uh, you know, you you just wonder how far are they going to go? And I think the answer really is no limit, even though we keep thinking, no, no, there's going to be a limit. There's going to be, there's going to be some restraint. There is no, folks, l- let me play it, say it as plainly as I can. They will not be restrained unless we restrain them. Now that's about as clear as it gets. They will not be restrained unless we restrain them. They are not going to restrain themselves. I mean, some of the things we talked about yesterday, again, proof positive, you know, the displays at these so-called pride events. So that brings me to another issue. And, and this one you may find a little bit more sensitive. I always say, I, I maybe I've never put it this way on the air, but I have said this from time to time. You'll tell me you'll you'll tell me whether you've ever heard me say it. I didn't join the Republican Party. The Republican Party joined me. I didn't leave the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me. In other words, I am not a Republican because I like the sound of the name. I'm a Republican because the Republican Party represents my values, and the Democrat Party, as far as I am concerned, represents the values of the devil. The Republican Party represents my virtues from a biblical perspective, and the Democrat Party represents the vices of the devil. Maybe we can put it that way. So I was, needless to say, disappointed. Now, follow me closely on this, because this story has a couple of twists to it. Uh, First of all, the um, Republicans in the House had a uh, a ceremony honoring Rick Grinnell. You all know who Rick Grinnell is. Rick Grinnell uh, was appointed um, to the presidential cabinet as an uh, ambassador under Donald Trump, quote unquote, the first openly gay presidential cabinet member appointed by Donald Trump. I think, you know, again, let, let me... Oh, let me let me take my time with this because this is this is a little bit like I said, this is a little bit controversial. 
So I don't know who led this. I'm not sure who was involved in this. But the Republicans got together to honor Rick Grinnell for Pride Month. Yeah, the Republicans. The Democrats walked out because they said Rick Grinnell, Rick Grinnell has betrayed the LGBTQ community, which is what you would expect him to say because he's a Republican and he's, he leans more conservative. My problem is not so much with him. Because I really don't have a problem with him homosexual. And what he really needs to do is repent, receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and, and the forgiveness of his sins and the cleansing of his soul from that sin. Now, I would say that about anybody. It just, Rick Grinnell is no exception. But my problem is with these Republicans. Because look, if they had honored Rick Grinnell for his service to our country, if they had honored Rick Grinnell because of something he accomplished, something he achieved, I would have nothing to say about it. Good for him. Congratulations. But no, 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 no. Republicans trying to out-Democrat Democrats. They want to honor Rick Grinnell for being gay, as they would put it. See, th this is why, folks, I am only wedded to the Republican Party as long as the Republican Party represents the values that I hold dear. Now, I have to believe that a lot of my friends in Congress wouldn't, were not a part of this, but apparently, I assume Kevin McCarthy was. It, it, they, they just, they, it's just like Ronna McDaniel, the chairman of the Republican Party, who sent out a memo, you know, congratulating everybody for Pride Month. When are they going to get the message that the more you compromise and go along with this stuff, the more of the excesses you're going to see? You've got to keep, draw a clear, bold line. I will treat every human being with respect because they are a human being, and I will give them the respect that should be afforded any human being until they act in a way that says, I can't treat them with that respect. I got to treat that person as a hostile in some way. But other than that, I will give every human being the respect that they deserve. However, homosexuality is sin, and I will never in any way honor it, respect it, support it, sanction it, uh, encourage it, or, or recognize it as some kind of legitimate status for which somebody should be commended. What is wrong with these Republicans? If you look at all the stuff that is going on in the country, don't you realize it's all the result of all that encouragement that they've gotten, often from our side, wanting to be nice? And this, this is what you get for it. You get this, this, this madness where you got people going after our children and chanting about it. We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. And then you want to honor somebody for, for, for Pride Month? And Pride Month is where all this, this garbage sort of comes into focus? Ah, oh, Lord have mercy. And see, this is where, this is what I mean when I say 
the next president of the United States had, had better understand that we are in the middle of a cultural revolution and better draw a clear, bold line to say, I am not going to be part of in any way undermining the Judeo-Christian values, virtues, principles that made America the greatest nation in the history of mankind. That's who we are. If you don't like it too bad, you're not going to change the culture, at least not on my watch. See, this is what the Supreme Court has done. They've aided in this revolution, getting the Bible out of schools, getting prayer out of schools. And you have founding fathers prayed, the founding fathers printed the Bible. But somehow having a Bible in and of itself is unconstitutional. That's nonsense. That is complete and utter nonsense. The founding fathers were not interested in creating a denomination, but they weren't denying that we are culturally a Christian nation. We don't have because we want everybody to have freedom of conscience to, to worship as they see fit. But that doesn't change the fact that we are culturally a Christian nation. And that's been the basis for, for our success. You know, Republicans better get a grip. I, I don't know who these Republicans were. Maybe, maybe there will be information about exactly who they were uh, if, if they uh, will own up to it. And again, I, I'm, I, don't, I don't hate Rick Grinnell. I don't have anything against him personally. Uh, I don't agree with the lifestyle that he lives, obviously, because I'm a Christian. I believe what the Bible teaches. And it doesn't change because Rick Grinnell happens to be a Republican and happens to be, quote unquote, conservative. That, that doesn't change what the word of God teaches. But my goodness gracious, Republicans had better get a grip. I mean, because as far as I am concerned, this is it, it, realizing basically what you're doing is giving ammunition to your enemy. And then Democrats walked out on them because they want, they, the, the Democrats are saying, well, you're not going to out-gay us. <laughs> you know, yeah, you're, you're not going to be more pro-gay than we are. We are the pro-gay party, not you all. Oh, my goodness. So that's what Republicans want to be, or some of them. They want to be Democrat light. Yeah, we're, we're for homosexuality, too. We, we support it, too. We just don't quite support it as enthusiastically as Democrats do. But we're okay with it. <sighs> Jesus. Help us. Because this is how we've gotten to this is how we've gotten to a point where all of us, anybody with a brain, anybody with a brain knows we're moving toward pedophilia. That that's where they're taking us. That's where this is going. They've already got a new name, a maps, minor attracted persons. Because pedophilia is stigmatizing. That's not fair. They're already laying out the case that a child has the cognitive ability to make the most profound decisions about his or her life that will affect them for a lifetime, including hormone treatment and surgical mutilation, that a child can make that decision and the adult should bow to it. Well, if a child can make that decision, can a child make the decision to have sex with somebody? I mean, what's the difference? 
Well, we know there's no, there really is no substantive difference. That child is, is being told, you have the sovereign right to make decisions about your sexuality without your parents' involvement and even without their knowledge. And you think that the next step is not what they have in mind? It is. We'll be back in a moment to start taking your calls. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Bethany lies on the southeastern slope of the Mount of Olives, nearly two miles east of Jerusalem. It was the hometown of three very close friends of Jesus, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. While Jerusalem gives us its view of the personality of Jesus, Bethany presents its view also. It was in this little community that Jesus came to rest when he visited Jerusalem. Following the Palm Sunday events, he brought his disciples to Bethany to spend the night. Here, away from the crowds, he could rest and fellowship with a small group of friends. It was in Bethany that Simon the leper invited Jesus to a meal. While they were eating, Mary broke a very expensive jar of perfume and poured it on the head of Jesus. The perfume could have been sold for more than $300, nearly a year's wage. It was with reckless devotion that Mary loved her Lord. Once Jesus was sitting and teaching in the home of Lazarus, they had just finished a meal, and Martha was busy cleaning the table and washing the dishes. Mary, who should have been helping Martha, had become so enraptured with the words of Christ that she forgot her duties. Martha entreated Jesus to remind Mary of her duties, but the gentle Galilean instead reminded Martha that the dishes could wait while the words of life were being spoken. Jesus was a man of deep compassion, and when told by Mary that her brother Lazarus had died, he wept from sorrow. Being shown the place where Lazarus had been buried, Jesus called him out from the grave and death. This act, incidentally, hastened the death of Jesus by the religious authorities. It was at the graveside of Lazarus that Jesus uttered words which today are spoken at nearly every Christian funeral. Speaking to a deeply grieved Martha, Jesus reminded her of his life-giving mission. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. There is in modern Bethany a church building built on the traditional site of the home of Lazarus. It is called the Church of Lazarus. On its walls are inscribed those words of Jesus. If you visit Bethany today, you will be shown a tomb behind the Church of Lazarus. Here, supposedly, Lazarus was laid only to rise again through the love of Christ. It's a typical tomb cut out of the rock and containing a burial chamber in which the dead lay on a slab of rock. You know, life makes demands upon us both public and private. 
We are called upon to express our faith to the masses and also to our friends. It is with us as it was with Christ that we gain strength from our private circle of friends to face the public masses. Whenever we are exhausted from our public duties, we can retire to our small circle of intimate friends for renewed strength. And that is what Christ did often at Bethany. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We're back, folks. Uh, We're ready to take your calls. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Let me get into one other quick thing. Again, this, this, this is under the heading of when you think they've gone so far that they can't go any further or won't, look out because more is coming. Now, I know that there's been a feud going on between Biden and uh, Netanyahu and Israel because, you know, the Democrats are really closet anti-Semites. They won't ex- they won't admit it. But most of them, most of them have an antipathy toward Israel and the Jewish people. They'll never admit that. But that's the way it is. They quickly side with the Palestinians. You know, this this uh, boycott, divest movement uh, is is a Democrat led movement. And there are some, of course, depending on where they are, like in New York, where they have a very heavy Jewish constituency who kind of stay away from it. But the Democrat Party, for the most part, is moving further and further into an anti-Semitic and anti-Israel hatred. Now, Netanyahu supported judicial reform in Israel. I've read the reforms. I agree with some of them, but the, the most fundamental of which is that he wants the government and the cabinet, uh, basically the prime minister, really, uh, or his surrogates, to have appointment power over judges rather than uh, some independent group of legal advisors or, or even worse, the judiciary itself, controlling its own appointees, choosing its own members. It's just like we have in our country. The judiciary certainly is an independent branch of government, but they don't get to choose their own judges. That happens as a compromise between the president and the Congress. That's that's real checks and balances. That's, that's a perfectly appropriate reform uh, that makes a lot of sense. Of course, Netanyahu is being investigated for corruption, and some people are arguing he's doing this to try to get himself out of trouble. But nevertheless, the reform itself is a good one. Uh, There are some others where the legislature can actually overturn what the court decides by a simple majority vote. And that would not wash here under our constitutional system. Uh, But nevertheless, okay, you don't agree with all the policies that they're contemplating with regard to the judiciary. Joe Biden has refused to meet with Netanyahu. Just like Obama did. Obama didn't go to Israel until he was running for re-election. He felt he had to just, just to save face, just to say, oh, see, I went. I went. I talked to the Jews. I went. But Biden, here again, this is where they are. 
Well, guess what? I'm not happy about this either. Never, never met Netanyahu personally, but if I did, I'd tell him. Uh, he's now meeting with Xi Jinping. And his justification is, well, look, we want, we want strong economic relations with, with big powers. And if Biden's not going to meet with me, I'll meet with Xi Jinping. Well, first of all, that's stupid on Biden's part and wicked on his part because we are happy to meet with China and they're aggressive adversaries at best, enemies at worst. But we're happy to go there hat in hand. And well, we, need, we need to talk. We need to commiserate, but we don't need to talk to Israel, an ally. Because, folks, they really don't care about American success. Because I'm con convinced that one of the things that has made the United States of America a very successful nation is our willingness to bless the Jewish people. Truman was the first to recognize Israel right out of the box. And he was a Democrat, by the way, a different Democrat party, frankly. First to recognize Israel out of the box. But now we got a Democrat party that's hostile to Israel. Uh, so you just, you just get, and, and again, again, but you go hat in hand to communist China and you are happy to meet with Xi Jinping? I mean, it, it doesn't make a bit of sense, folks. It don't, uh, other than if what you're really doing is following your own godless, willful desires to enhance your own power, including, including willingness to sell us out to those who would gladly help you as long as you proved to be their puppets. And I think what we've got in the White House right now is a Xi Jinping puppet. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's come to your calls. Let's go to Gary. Welcome. Hi, Bishop Jackson. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine, Gail. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I love your program. I've been listening to it for a while. And let me tell you something. You are always spot on. Your callers are spot on. But I wanted to make a comment about um, you saying, like, the Democrats don't want the Republicans being gayer than them and, and whatnot. I feel like the culture is moving um, we Christians into a space of being lukewarm. And it's one that we're accepting a lot of us are accepting it and not even knowing it blindly accepting it because it's what every everything that's going on right and it's like well we have to we have to go with it or or not what do we do you know and so it brings up that verse in revelation 3 that they were neither hot nor cold and um you know being spewed out and so i just got that vision about in that verse about being lukewarm and i don't want to be lukewarm i want to be hot and I Amen. just want to encourage your listeners to be hot. Amen. Gail, first-time caller. Excellent, Gail. Thank you so much. And you are absolutely right. Uh, and, and look, there, there's a problem with lukewarmness in the body of Christ. And, you, and Jesus said, if you need, you're neither hot nor cold, I'll spew it out of my mouth. But, you know, there's also this issue, which I don't think I've ever raised before, folks, but I'm going to raise it now. 
There is a tendency, even in the conservative community, to ghettoize Christians. And what do I mean by that? I mean, think about this. I see people on Fox, Newsmax, other stations who've got one station somewhere in one city, and they maybe they've got an audience of 100,000 people or, or maybe more. This network literally reaches millions. And we've got some of the finest people. And I'm not, it's not self-serving about me because there've been people on this network a lot longer than I have uh, with a lot more cachet and frankly, a lot bigger listenership because of their longevity. And they don't get those invitations, not anymore. So it's almost like, oh yeah, you all are the Christians and you're, you're over there. We're the real people over here talking about real issues. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird thing that goes on in the, Christ, in, the, in the Republican Party and the conservative community. I remember the first time I ran, I was told repeatedly, don't bring up God. Don't bring up God. Uh, people don't want to hear that. And I'd say, really? What makes you think they don't want to hear it? I remember I worked for a secular station at a program up in Boston called Jackson and Jerkowitz. It was the, one of the early conservative liberal things. And my producer would always say to me, don't, 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 don't bring up God. Don't bring up God. Don't bring up God. That, people don't want to hear that. And I would say, really? Well, they want me to be authentic. And I believe in God. And I believe he is the ultimate arbiter of what is right and wrong. So how could I not bring him up? But that's, that's really part of the challenge that we face as well, uh, that our voices are often not amplified the way they should be because we're kind of shunted off into another corner uh, because you know, we, we want to we talk about, I mean, I heard people say, you, you, can't, you, can't bring up, you can't bring up God in the public square. Really? Why not? So, yeah, we, we've got some house cleaning to do. We've got some, some stuff within the body of Christ that we need to address. And then we've got to address the fact that even those who claim to be our allies uh, aren't really always supportive. Back in a moment. AFA is no longer dependent on Facebook or YouTube to live stream our original programming. As of now, American Family Radio shows like Today's Issues, The Court, Airing the Addisons, and The Hamilton Corner are streaming live on the AFA streaming app. Independent live streaming is the next step as we come out from among them and separate ourselves unto the Lord. Search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net 
Here's Bert Harper on the AFA Fishbowl Retreat 2023. We are so determined to come alongside the church and to support pastors who share Christ with others, but also stand in the gap for righteousness. And Fishbowl will encourage that pastor to be that kind of a man. Bert and his wife, Jan, are hosting again this year with speakers Jeff and Debbie Shreve from Real Truth for Today. Every difficulty that comes into your life and my life, it's a test of faith. The stormy sea where Jesus is asleep in the boat, that's a test of their faith, and they didn't do very well. And so most of the time when we ask that question why, God's response is, my child, just trust me. The AFA Fishbowl Retreat 2023, September 26th through the 28th at the Riverbend Retreat Center in beautiful Glen Rose, Texas. Register at repairingthefoundations.net repairingthefoundations.net or call 662-844-5036 extension 297. When you are looking forward to something that has not yet happened, then you can miss the now that God has for you. Dr. Tony Evans on Focus on the Family Minute with a new perspective for single men and women. When God created uh, the first human being, Adam was created as a single man. And God expected him to be fulfilled and fully free in his singlehood until God told him that I got somebody else for you. If Adam would have been focused on the somebody else prior to maximizing his created calling, then he would have missed out on that time that he had with just him and God before God gave him a mate. So I'm concerned that far too many singles are living too frustrated, too discontent, because they're not maximizing the now while they still anticipate the later. Maximize your now. Hear more from Dr. Evans at familyminute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's come right back to your calls. Uh, let's go to William in Illinois. William, welcome. Good day, brother. <clears throat> Some thoughts there. Uh, I was in the Navy and went to Rome, Italy, a 17-year-old man. I seen statues of the Roman Empire of nudity 30, 40 feet high, standing there thousands of years under that kind of a situation over it went on for hundreds of years that kind of lifestyle mm-hmm. now we've got pornography now running down to our children it started out they kept it away from the kids and now it's going all the way where the kids can get it on internet and, and anywhere else but uh, they tried this lifestyle in our wild west back there they had prostitution and uh, drunkenness running out their ears and they hadn't even got to this stage but that wasn't working for them then, so they turned away from that nonsense. So we better get away from this, because this sin, this, this slavery to sin just takes a hold of people. You talk about chains on you. If you don't break those chains, you're going to just get yourself deeper into one big mess. Thank Praise you, brother. God. For everything. William, Bye. thank you. Man. Thank you. And all I can say to that, William, is amen. It's been tried at various stages in human history. Sodom and Gomorrah is the earliest one we learned about, and it always leads to destruction. Let's go to Frank in Ohio. Frank, welcome. Hey, thank you, Bishop. I really appreciate listening to you every day. Thank you, Frank. Uh, sometimes it's it really brings me down because <laughs> we really can't do much about it because God 
God's in control. So I just wanted to mention about uh, how you brought up how they don't want us to take care of our children that they think they own our children. And I realize that that basically it's a gift from God for parents Mm -hmm. to have children to raise. And they're, they're just lent to us for a short time. And then what we do with them and how they, how they're able to grow up and, uh, and carry this gospel message to others that, that, uh, that, and the soul returns back to the creator and he determines what to do with them in eternity. So and I was also reading about in like the last part, last part of second Timothy where in, in uh, I think chapter three, one through five where where Paul's and, you know, encapsulated in the, in prison in his last last part of his life, and he talks about how the selfish people, the splintered families, will eventually splinter and shatter societies, and everything's just going to get worse and worse and worse. So yeah. all we can do well, is pray, and I, I appreciate everything hey, you do and what you, how your voice is getting out to the world. <laughs> well, Frank, thank you very much. Yours just did too, and and you're right. Look, the Bible does not sugarcoat this. The world is going to get worse. And I always say the only question is, what's going to happen with you? What's going to happen with your family? What's going to happen with your country? Uh, because I believe we have a say in, in that. We have, we have a say and in, in an impact and an influence on that. And when people say, well, you know what's going to happen with the, 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 the rest of the world, with the world, I say, yeah, but God has made me an American and I'm going to do what I can to make sure it doesn't happen to my country. So, uh, and I'm, I'm convinced that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world, Frank. Thank you for the call, my friend. Let's go to Greg in Tennessee. Greg, welcome. Hey, Brother Jackson. Thank you. Um, Satan is a created being. He knows he's a created being. And his best accomplishment is believing his own lies because he says he will be the most high God. And he knows that's not possible because he is a created being. He is a deceiver, a destroyer. The Bible calls him the father of lies. And he has just deceived and, and, and brought into people that same deception, that same prowess of I can be. You know, a man can be a woman and a yep. woman. And that is the problem is people are, are falling wholesale for the deceiver and believing his lies, and Satan believes his own lies. And how deceived can you be to be Satan? He's never created anything. The only thing he has created is chaos and destruction, and only because mm-hmm. God allows it, and up to a point, certain point, and I believe when it was said, it is finished, he was downtrodden. He was stepped on. All right, Greg. <laughs> Great sermon, Greg. Yeah, look, there's no question. Uh, there's some mystery to to the, the Bible says, even after the thousand-year reign of Christ, Satan will be loose for a little time, and he'll tempt those in the earth who will turn once, once again, turn against God after a thousand-year reign of Christ, turn against God and follow the devil, but that's going to be the end of it. So there's a mystery to, to how God allows Satan to exist but I really believe that part of it is to give people a choice so that people can make their own decision about whether they want God or they want the alternative. 
I want God, you want God, but those who make the other choice, shame on them because what awaits them is hell and damnation where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we don't want that to happen to our worst enemy. That's why we're going to keep telling them God loves you and has a better plan. He didn't make you a homosexual. He didn't make you a transgender. He didn't make you an abortionist. He didn't make you a criminal. He didn't make you a thief. He, God had in mind for you what is good and righteous and holy and virtuous. And if you'll just give him a chance, he'll put all of that in you and begin to lead you toward a perfect eternity. So there's good news. And we just have to speak the truth in love because that part about hell and damnation, people don't want to hear, but that's part of the story. And by the way, one other quick thing, first John chapter three, verse eight, he, he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For the for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. So that's part of what we've got to do. Destroy the works of the devil through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for the call, Greg. Let's go to Dennis in Mississippi. Dennis, welcome. Well, thank you, brother. Praise God for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I, brother, I'm not condoning violence, but I've got to, I've got to chant myself. I'm here, I'm straight, and I'm locked and loaded. They better <laughs> not come for my children. And I, we got ourselves in this mess, and we better yeah. be on our knees praying without ceasing because God and the Savior, Jesus Christ, is the only way we are going to get out of this mess. But we know who wins Amen. the battle. So, you know, Amen. Uh, Dennis. I, like I say, I'm not condoning violence, but they better not, 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 mm, they just better not. Love you, brother. Well, God bless you, Dennis. Thank you for the call. Well, look, I mean, you're only saying what I've been saying, and I don't, I don't condone violence. I'm not encouraging it. I discourage it. I don't want anything to do with that. But all I'm saying is you can't do whatever you want to do with people's children and think that there are going to be people who will take matters into their own hands. Now, that's just a fact. And frankly, a warning, a warning to say, you know, leave people's children alone. I mean, isn't that, isn't that fairly simple and straightforward? Leave people's children alone. You want to live your life? Go ahead and live it. Nobody is interested in trying to forcibly stop you from doing that, but don't try to push that mess on people's kids. Shirley in Tennessee. Shirley, welcome. Thank you for allowing me on the show. I was just going to say, number one, as far as what you were just speaking of, until we as a nation stand up, those of us who love the Lord and stand against it, it won't get better. We need to stop sitting on the couch mm -hmm. saying what everybody else needs to do. We need to start the marches, start this, start to get Biden out of office. He has no business being there, in my opinion. He did not get elected. So somebody, probably the Chinese, put him in office. And he's just doing Obama's bidding and other people's bidding. And, you know, you probably saw where he just rushed um, Obama to Washington a few days ago to D.C. And uh, they're rushing Biden somewhere 
everywhere. And I'm like, look, y'all can change up what you want. Christ is king, and he's coming back, and he's going to hold them accountable. But I just feel like too many times we sit down and say what they need to do. We are the they's, and we need to be acting for the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God, Shirley. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. And you are absolutely right. Let's see. Let's get Don in here from Arkansas. Don, welcome. Hey, brother. Hey, I got a question. Y'all were saying earlier about uh, anti-Semites. And I'm curious. Okay. And you broke up on me, Don. Let me try to get Louise in from Mississippi. Louise, welcome. Hello. It's good Hi, to be on, allowed on the I just have a hopefully brief comment in reference to this whole homosexual, lesbian, whatever label. It starts very early. And I'm considered an extremist because I feel, and I'm not talking about pants, I'm talking about where women dress up like men. Mm-hmm. and where we are taken for men, where there are tendencies very early that make you think, and I'm 84, so I've seen this since I was very young, and you tell your children, I haven't had girls, you are a female. That's the way God made you. Now, I'm not talking about you can't wear flax. I'm talking about looking I'm- like a man. Louise, we are we are out of time, but I, Louise, thank you. I, I got you loud and clear, Louise. The, the Bible condemns that too, and that's what uh, I, I I'm not even sure what this gender confusion stuff is all about. Because you know you got these so-called transgenders who don't get operations, they don't change their makeup, and they still apparently like women. And some of them they put in in women's prisons and they've raped women. And we remember in Loudoun County. They let a guy use the girls' bathroom in, in a high school, and he he sexually assaulted two girls. So it's it's just a bunch of weird, depraved, degenerate nonsense. And they're talking about if you don't let them do it, they're gonna they're gonna have uh, uh, they're gonna commit suicide. Well, Jesus is life. Got to go, folks. Stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up. We cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.